Hello everyone, welcome to Get Mel Soon. This is episode three. Um, just a little warning, I am kind of manic. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because I have absolutely no money. But here we go. Let's get into this episode. So today's episode is on mental health in the workplace. And I've been really excited about this topic because I have some workplace tea that I can't wait to share, and so do a lot of you that you shared with me. So I can't wait to get into it. My dog is already whining, and we are like 30 seconds in, so this is going to be a great episode. Okay, we start off with highs and lows. If you're new here, that's how we start off the episode, is I share some highs and lows. So my high for this week is that I got accepted into beauty school, and I'm so excited to finally start my career and finally start doing what I love and what I'm actually interested in. It's going to be a lot different than just stocking shelves at Target every day. I am just so excited to make bank from putting fancy creams on old ladies' faces. I just can't wait, you guys. I'm so, so excited. I kid you not, like for the past year and a half, I have just been, you know loathing the monotony of life just going to work at target every day and just stocking shelves and just you know wanting for my life to start um i've just felt like the little mermaid you know i felt like ariel like when will my life begin oh wait that's rapunzel untangled oh my gosh that's really embarrassing please don't cancel me when she's like, when will my life begin? That's me. That's been me. Every single day, I'm just like, when is my life going to begin? You know, I want to start aesthetics. I want to become an esthetician. And it's finally happening. My orientation is next week. My colonoscopy is also next week. So I'm going to lose a good 15 f- pounds from pooping. And that will have me up and ready for orientation. So <laughs> I'm super excited for my colonoscopy, and for school to start. So that's my high. My low, lol, my low is that I have a colonoscopy. So (laughs) I already kind of mentioned that. But yeah, my colonoscopy is next week. And I'm pretty nervous. Um, I'm mostly just nervous for the preparatory part to poop my guts out, you know? Because that's not going to be fun, you know? I already poop a lot, which is why I'm getting a colonoscopy, is to see what the heck is going on. But um, yeah, we'll see. I'm not too much nervous for the anesthesia or whatever it's called, um, because I like, I kind of like the idea of just, you know, going unconscious automatically. I kind of like that idea. It's kind of fun. It's kind of like disassociating, except it's like, you know, except this time I'm disassociating and falling asleep, and a camera is going up my butthole. So, pretty exciting. Pretty stoked for that. Okay, now let's get on to introducing the topic for today. So, like I said, the topic is mental health in the workplace for this episode. Um, I chose this topic because I have so many horror stories and some quirky fun stories about workplace drama and about times where my mental health has been brought into play and I have been discriminated against because of my mental illness. Super fun. Can't wait to get into it. Um, But first, before we get into all of that, we have our mental health fun fact. More like fun facts. I have a lot of stuff to share and then we'll do our meditation. Um, If you're not into meditation, you can totally skip the meditation part, but I highly recommend you try it because it's really nice. It feels really good to just 
relax yourself, take some deep breaths. So I highly recommend you do that with me. But first, the mental health fun fact. Okay, these facts just came from Google. Um, They kind of blew me away. I was really fascinated to look up stuff about mental health in the workplace. So the first fun fact is 76% of coworkers believe their companies should be doing more to support the mental health of their workforce. I am in that 76%. I don't think any place I've ever worked has been supportive of my mental health in any way at all. I mean, I guess that's an exaggeration. You know, places have been understanding of me when I have a mental breakdown. You know, I haven't been fired for having mental breakdowns at work, which I guess means they're understanding. But I feel like, you know, the whole the whole fact here is that Coworkers believe that their company should be doing more to support the mental health of the workforce. And although, you know, I've been supported in my mental health struggles at all the jobs I've had, I feel like they should still be doing more. They should definitely be educating people on it. I think the main thing is that bosses should be educated of mental illness because every boss I've ever had is a robot and has no idea how to handle emotions. And so that's the first thing. I think that the main thing they should do to support people who are mentally ill in the workplace is to give them trainings that are specifically how to handle and help um, employees that struggle mentally. I think that should be required. I legally think that should be required at every job. Um, But alas, here we are. All the trainings I've ever taken at Target are about like shooter safety and about racism, which are all very important. But I'm like, when are we going to make mental health education required? You know what I mean? Like the racism, the LGBTQ um, stuff is required. And so is the shooter stuff. And as it should be, it should all be required. But like what about mental health, you know, like mental health is a part of all of that. So why aren't we talking about it? You know, just kind of frustrates me. But anyways, the next fact is 200 million workdays are lost to depression each year. And my response to this is kind of like, so what? 200 million workdays, so what? If people called out because of their depression, I'm proud of them because taking a mental health day It takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of strength and I'm proud of those people who have missed work because they were taking care of their mind. I applaud them. So yeah, apparently 200 million workdays are lost to depression each year, meaning people call out or miss work because of their mental illness. And to me, it's like, you know, on their side, they're arguing like, oh, that makes our company lose so much money. And I'm like, oh, You're worried about money when people are killing themselves? Okay, yeah, makes sense. Moving on. Um, The next fact is 11% of people don't even know what their company has to offer for mental health. This one kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, it's so true. Every job I've had, I'm like, do they even have anything for me? Do they even have a program for me? Because they haven't mentioned it. You know, apparently, and I just learned this, apparently Target where I work, apparently they offer free therapy. Um, Maybe that was a rumor I heard because (laughs) I go to therapy and it's not free. 
Um, so I should look into that. But anyways, I didn't know this. No one told me except my coworker told me because she's the best. And we, we both have mental breakdowns together at work and we help each other. But um, this fact was very interesting. The fact that 11% of people don't even know what there is to offer for mentally ill people. It's like, that's kind of pathetic. Like, we need to work on that. The next fact is 42% of companies don't have anything to offer for workers battling with mental health. So 11% of people don't know what their company has to offer. 42% don't even have anything to offer. It's like, okay, so... Like, I don't even know what to do with this this factual information. I'm like, are you serious? Like, should I be marching to the Capitol and protesting? Because this is upsetting. The fact that some workplaces have nothing to offer and the fact that 200 million workdays are lost to depression and there's still 42% that don't offer anything for mental health. Yeah, something, something doesn't add up here. I mean, clearly people are struggling and they need help and working in a stressful environment is not helping and then you're firing people because they take a mental health day yeah no that's not okay with me I feel like I need to do something about this but I feel like I'm also powerless because we have the evidence we have the facts but I don't know maybe maybe I will just protest at the capitol I mean what else can I do you know this is this is upsetting it makes me mad, honestly. This episode is going to be probably totally heated. It's just going to be me yelling because the fact that so many people struggle mentally in their workplace and no one's doing anything about it, like, that's enough of a reason for me to scream. So I, I might I might scream. I might get heated in this episode. Um, hopefully the noises that my dog is making in the background aren't too repulsive. Okay, moving on. The next fact that was my dog once again 56 percent of people in the workplace aren't getting the mental health care they need can you believe that 56 percent of people aren't getting the care that they need you know everyone needs i mean everyone needs therapy everyone needs help everyone struggles and the fact that there's a large amount of people who are not getting those needs 56 percent to be exact that's not okay that is not okay with me and we're back i just had to put my dog away (laughs) um okay does that make you guys angry those facts because it makes me so angry and that's why i think now is a perfect time to do our soothing meditation for today to hopefully calm some of the anger that has risen from those fun facts. Those facts weren't fun at all. Are you kidding me? Um, but now we can settle down, do a little meditation, and hopefully calm ourselves down. When I say ourselves, I'm talking about me because those facts were very upsetting for me. <laughs> um, so for this meditation, I recommend that you listen to it on your way to work, um, on your way to, yeah, on your way to work or whatever. Sorry, I just got a notification on my computer and it really irritated me. So perfect timing, perfect timing to do a meditation. All right. So you guys know the drill. I'm going to turn on my rain noises and hopefully they aren't too obnoxious. Um, 
and hopefully there's no dog barking in the background during the meditation because that happened in the last episode and I was mortified. Um, but what did I expect? My dog is very naughty. Okay, let's dive into this meditation. <clears throat> okay, so if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, go ahead and do this. If your eyes are open, make sure to look around you and really take in your surroundings. Now we are going to start the meditation off by taking three big deep breaths together. What we're going to do is we're going to breathe in, we're going to hold our breath at the top, notice how we feel, and then push it all out on our exhale. So let's take a big deep breath in. Feel your emotions at the top and let yourself feel those emotions. And then when you're ready, let it out with a big exhale. Do this again and really notice how your body feels. Breathe in, hold it, and then let it all go. One more time, take a big breath in. Hold it at the top, notice how your body feels, and then let it all go in a big exhale. Now, return to a normal pace of breathing and become aware of each breath that you take. Take a moment as you're breathing to thank your body for allowing yourself to be able to take those deep cleansing breaths. Continue to breathe. Notice how your stomach rises and falls. Notice how it feels to be able to really focus on your breath and appreciate your breath and appreciate that you can breathe. I'm sure your body and your mind really appreciate that you are here right now taking care of yourself and taking the time to take deep breaths. Continue breathing. And now I want you to continue focusing on your breath while repeating some positive affirmations after me. You can say these affirmations out loud or just within your head. Repeat after me. I am a good worker. I bring value to my workplace. I appreciate all of the hard work that I do. My work is and has been and will always be enough. I am enough. I am grateful for my job. I am proud of myself for working. I can accomplish great things. I am worthy of all the blessings I receive.
I am grateful for all that I bring. Now take a big, deep breath in as though you confirming, as though you are confirming the truth of all these affirmations. Take a big, deep breath in. Remember all the positive things we said. That you are grateful for your job. That you are proud of yourself for working, as you should be. Remember that you can accomplish great things and that you are worthy of all the blessings you receive. Now, I want you to picture yourself in 10 years from now. Picture your future and how you want it to look like. Picture your dream self and your dream life in the next 10 years. Whether you finally have your dream career, a beautiful house and a family you adore, I want you to envision this beautiful future for yourself. Take a deep breath. If it doesn't feel too weird to you, let yourself smile at this happy thought, this happy glance 10 years ahead of you. Let yourself smile and be happy for yourself. Be happy for your future self and how far you've come. Remember to focus on your breath as you think these things. Remember, your dream life is achievable. You are capable of more than you realize. Now bring yourself back to the present moment and let's take one more big deep breath together. Look around you, open your eyes if you haven't already, take in your surroundings. If it doesn't feel too weird or silly, give yourself a hug. Thank yourself for taking care of yourself and allowing yourself to take these deep breaths and say these positive affirmations. And thank you so much for participating. That is the meditation. Let me turn my rain noises off. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that meditation. Um, I feel like this one is perfect for um, if you're on your way to work, you're driving, and you just need to kind of build yourself up before you go into your toxic work environment, (laughs) you know? Um, So I'm definitely going to be listening to myself once this podcast is released. I will be playing this on my way to work so that I can do my own meditation to my own voice. Is that weird? Maybe, but I've, I did my last episode's meditation with myself and I really enjoyed it. So you do you, you know? All right, now let's get on with the workplace tea. This is the portion of the podcast where we dive into all of the fun, crappy stuff that we've been through relating to the topic. 
So, boy, do I have some stories for you guys. Um, every single job I've had has pretty much been a nightmare. Um, so I can't wait to share. <laughs> for those of you who know me, you've probably heard the Taco Bell story. For those of you who don't know me, um, I will tell the story. So my first ever job was at Taco Bell. I really, really wanted to work at Taco Bell because of how much I loved Taco Bell. I loved their food, and I would go there with my friends all the time, and we'd eat our tacos and Crunchwrap Supremes together and just have the best time. Um, it was literally my favorite restaurant all growing up was Taco Bell. And so I just really wanted to work there. It finally... I finally reached the age 16, and I was like, you know what? I am going to apply to work at my dream job, which was Taco Bell at the time. (laughs) And so I applied for Taco Bell. I got the job. I started, and day one, they trained me for about 10 minutes on the registers. And if you've ever worked in the fast food industry, let me tell you, it is so complex and scary how these computers work. And maybe they've you know, made the technology more advanced and easier to work with. But back when I was hired, when I was 16, it was so complicated. You have to push a million different buttons and, you know, you know people, they have specific orders. They, you know, they want a specific, specific taco, but they don't want tomatoes on it or they want extra sour cream. Um, and they say, oh, wait, actually, can you make that a meal and add a drink? And, you know, it's just so complicated and... I don't know. For me, that was just too much for me to handle. So basically, it was day one of my job, and they trained me for 10 minutes on these little computer register things, and then they put me on the register by myself during the busiest hour of the day, literally at 6 o'clock, dinner time. And all these people were rushing in, people were ordering, and I was messing up their orders. People were like, but I ordered this when they finally got their orders, and looking at me and, you know, doing the tisk tisk, And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is miserable. I hate this. And I was, you know, I was on the edge. I was getting towards being on the edge. And then this old lady came up to me to make her talk about order. And she smiled at me. And she had no teeth. And she looked me dead in the eyes and said, I'll have a tostada. And I'm like, you... Now, hold on. You want a tostada. You have no teeth, Miss Lady. I was taken aback. But nevertheless, I looked at my screen and I tried to find the tostada option and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. And this lady was getting mad with me. She was clearly already mad because she was embarrassed that she forgot her dentures at home. But still, she was taking out her anger on me. And I had a mental breakdown. And I went up to my boss and I said, I'm leaving. I quit. And he said, please come back tomorrow. We're desperate. And I said, no. And then I hopped in my truck, shoved some tampons up my nose, had a mental breakdown, went to my friend's house, and she fed me pizza. And so that was my first ever job experience. I worked there for a total of one hour. For a total of one hour, I was a Taco Bell employee. Um, This story really has nothing to do with being discriminated against for mental health in the workplace. <laughs> but it's just, it is just a fun little story of how I, you know, first started my job. I literally could not handle the stress of the busy hour and the, 
you know, minimal training on my own. And so I guess it is about mental health in the workplace because I mentally could not handle it. I was stressed out and I quit after an hour because it was too much for me. And obviously the boss didn't understand. He said, come back tomorrow, you know, and I didn't, I couldn't do it. And that's okay because that place was crusty, you guys. Oh my gosh. Anyone who works in fast food, I applaud you because it's hard, you know, walking around to the, the back room, the back office, and there's molded cheese in the crevices of the floor that's been there for decades. No, thank you. Moving on. Um, the last job I had, which was my job before starting Target, was at Safeway. Okay, I worked at a grocery store. It was during the peak of COVID in 2020. And my job was to be a sanitation clerk. So I would literally just walk around the store and wipe down handles with sanitizer all day long. That's all I did. And it was like a very easy job. It was very easy. But I had this job at a time in my life where I mentally was not doing well. And it went a little bit like this. I would wake up every morning. My shifts would start at 6 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. And that is was very early for me back then. I can wake up pretty early now, but back then it was a trial for me. It was really hard for me. And I would wake up and I just would have anxiety attacks every morning. I would have anxiety attacks and I would call in and I'd say, hey, I'm not coming. And I called out more times than I even went into work. And I had this job for, I think, six months. Um, And it came to a point where I had to get a leave of absence because my anxiety was so bad, I could not work. And, you know, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. And so I kind of pointed all the blame on COVID and said I was just anxious and afraid of COVID. And that's why I needed a leave of absence. And funny story, the day I came back after my leave of absence, um, one of my coworkers came into the office as I was signing the papers and they mocked me. They made fun of me. They said, oh no, COVID and mocked and made fun of me. And there was other coworkers in the break room that listened in and started laughing at me. And it was humiliating. I was like, okay, first of all, y'all don't even know what's coming with this pandemic. Y'all don't even know. And they don't know. They didn't know. (laughs) Now the pandemic is out of control again. So, but anyways, it was really kind of humiliating and they, they didn't understand where I was coming from. They, you know, mocked me and it was really not fun. And it, this all happened by the way, in front of my boss who just kind of let it happen, you know? And he was probably laughing in his head too. He was probably laughing with them because after that, He sat me down to do some coaching or whatever you call it. And he just said, you've missed a lot of work and we can't have workers that aren't reliable here. And he didn't fire me, but he just kind of gave me a warning. He said, you need to come to work. And I explained to him, you know, I opened up to him. I said, I really struggle mentally. I have mental illness issues. I have disorders. I have abandonment disorder. I have depression, I have anxiety, and I really struggle with these things. And I told him that, and I said, it's really hard to come to work when I have anxiety attacks in the morning. And he basically looked at me and said, well, we need reliable workers that work here. And I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what to say. I felt helpless. 
And looking back, it's like a really sad thing. The fact that I wasn't understood and I was mocked and my boss didn't do anything about it. And so, you know, this to some people may just, you know, sound like a regular thing that happens in the workplace. But to me, it was traumatic. And the fact that I struggled mentally and no one was willing to help me really or, you know, give me the benefit of the doubt, it really sucked. You know, they, they did kind of give me some help because they let me take that leave of absence, which was good on them. But still, it was really rough to be judged like that. Um, moving on to the next story. I work at Target. Everyone knows that. I've worked there for a year and almost a half. Um, but within the second half of last year, the team leader that I had, the boss that I had at the moment, was just kind of shady, just kind of off. Um, I think she was really insecure in herself, and so she kind of took out her insecurities on others. And I was one of the people that was, you know, I was the victim. <laughs> there we go, playing victim again. Anyways, um, she spread rumors about me. And this story is really weird, and it's kind of hard for me to share because I still don't have clarity about this entire situation because I confronted her about the rumors that she spread about me, and she said she didn't spread a single one. And so I don't know if she's lying. I don't know if she's telling the truth. I've forgiven her, you know? I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I just want to move on. But still, it's just a really sucky situation because I don't know who to trust and I don't have clarity from the whole situation. But anyways, what happened was she went around apparently and told people all these things about me. She told someone the only reason that she was nice to me because is was because I was on suicide watch. And then she told another coworker of mine that she wishes she could help us with our work, but that she's constantly in her office helping an employee who's crying on her shoulder. Um, which was about me. I went to her office a couple times, probably only two times because I was having a panic attack and she let me go home early because of it. But then she went against my back and told people that she couldn't work because she was always in her office with a crying employee. And then she went around saying that I used my anxiety as a crutch and that I stopped taking my antidepressants and that that's why I'd called out of work recently when in reality I missed work for a few days because I had a concussion from skating off the in and out sign. I know my life's a joke. You can laugh. But anyways, she spread all these rumors about me and they all kind of caught up to me. People just told me all these things. And once one person said all these things, you know, everyone else kind of came to me and was like, oh yeah, she said this too. And this all came to me and I told my boss and I it was kind of an entire explosion, really. I told my boss boss, not her, but my big boss, big boy boss. Ew, big boy boss? Anyways, um, I told him, and then he pulled her in, and then he pulled in the store director, and then I went crazy. I just totally exploded on her, and I said, you spread all these rumors about me, you are unprofessional, all these things, and I was sobbing, you know? But basically, I let her have it, and she denied everything, 
But then about a month or so later, she quit. She put in her two weeks and she left. So really weird situation. Um, but that is my mental health workplace story is I had an actual boss of mine, my actual boss, go around saying my anxiety was a crutch, that I called out because of depression, and that she was only nice to me because I was suicidal, which were all lies. I wasn't suicidal, and I didn't stop taking my meds. I always take my meds, haven't missed a day of taking my meds. And so it was just kind of bizarre. It was kind of crazy, and it really sucked. And I really felt bad about myself for a long time after it. But I've moved on from it. I've forgiven her. I get that, you know, when you're in that kind of environment, um, sometimes you just, like, want to stir the pot. I get it. <laughs> and I guess that's what she did. Um, I'm not mad anymore about it, but the fact that, you know, this kind of scenario happened to me and the fact that it happens to so many other people kind of ignites a flame within me. Not an angry flame against her, but kind of a flame of like, I want justice. I want justice um, for people who have had this scenario, for people who have been discriminated against for their mental illness and work. I feel like something needs to be done. Something more needs to be done. Um, And that's my story. That's my crappy mentally ill workplace stories. Um, And now we will get into your guys' fun stories. Um, I got some good responses. Not a lot of responses this time, but we will still get into them. Um, So let's get into them. The first one says... 1,000% I was told to just let things roll off me when it came to mental abuse at work. My boss asked jokingly, did your confidence go with your haircut when I talked about my depression? My boss hates my style, so I have to text pics to get permission that she likes it for me to dress that way at work. This is a lot. Um, So... The first one, letting things just roll off you when it came to mental abuse? No. I'm not going to just let that roll off me, okay? That is not okay. If it becomes abusive, that needs to be reported and taken care of. The next one, um, did your confidence go with your haircut? That's just rude. Hey, you know what I have to say to this boss? Hey, guess what? It's not that hard to be nice. Have you ever heard of it? You should try it. It's really not that hard to just be a nice person. And then the next thing they said is that they have to text pictures of their outfits to their boss to get approved, which boggles my mind because I genuinely believe people should wear whatever they want and that there should be no consequences and period. (laughs) Nothing more to say about that. Next response. Luckily, I've had the opposite. My bosses would recognize if I get overly stressed and they would pull me out of the situation. I'm very grateful for their understanding. I love this. I love this for you. I'm so happy that you had a safe work environment. Um, If only it was that way for everyone, you know, but you are definitely blessed and I'm grateful that you had that positive experience. Um, Bosses that 
can recognize your mental state and be there for you when you're stressed, they are kings and queens. I really appreciate that when people look out for me. And actually at at my work, um, a sketchy situation happened last week where someone was stalking me and trying to kill me, LOL. And my boss came to the back room and he noticed how nervous I was and he just let me hide in the back room. So that is an example where, you know, someone was looking out for me, kind of like this response. Thank you for sharing. All right, next. I got fired from a PETA place because I was admitted to the psych ward for two weeks. I called and explained right away, but once I was let out, they wouldn't let me come into work and they never gave a reason. They just cut off contact. That, that should be illegal. That really should be illegal. That's really upsetting. The fact that you were in the psych ward, you know, taking care of yourself, trying to get better. And when you came back, they, they just, you know, dropped you off the face of the earth. I feel like that should be illegal, right? That's really upsetting. And I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Moving on. Um, okay. I don't, they said, I don't know if this fits into what you've been referring to, but I have ADHD and PMDD. I don't know what that is. I'm so sorry, but I will look it up afterwards. Um, they said, I was once being yelled at by my boss and I cried. And then she yelled at me more for crying and suggested that I leave. Yeah, that boss is definitely 100% toxic. Um, they definitely have something going on. Um, people that are rude like that, they definitely have their own issues. So I'm sorry you had to go through that. The next response is hilarious because it's from my very own coworker that I love to death. Um, she said, ha ha in all caps. My boss is definitely dealing with some demons, but expects the rest of us to shove ours. And I have the same boss and I will 100% agree with this. It's not fair. It's not fair that they get to be mad and grumpy all the time. And when we have emotions, we just have to shut up and do our job. You know, it's definitely not fair. All right. Those are the responses. I know those were pretty quick and I didn't comment on them too heavily, but I'm running short on time. I have to pick up my husband from work pretty soon. So we're going to jump into the positives, um, the positive stuff as in, um, the advice. This is the advice portion, the self-help happy advice portion. Um, I did not write notes for this, but I will just on the spot come up with some advice about this topic. Um, I actually went to therapy this morning and talked to my therapist about this very topic. Um, I told her that I was really struggling at work and mainly I was just struggling with the monotony of daily life, going to work every day and just being depressed because my life isn't interesting. And I told her that I constantly never felt like I was enough and I always felt like I was a failure because I wasn't doing enough work. And she told me um, that the main thing is that we need to be validating ourselves because if we aren't getting validation from our bosses, you know, we can't control them. We can't control what they do. That's out of our control. All we can do is help ourselves. And this was a a big lesson for me to learn. And I'm really, I really appreciate my therapist for teaching me this because I feel like it'll make a big difference for me 
if I just validate myself on a regular basis as I'm working. If I finish pushing a U-boat, stocking a shelf, if I just say, yo, I did a really good job and that looks really good. That shelf looks really organized and neat and good and I'm proud of myself. Good job. Just give myself a pat on the back. I feel like that would make a big difference. She also said if I feel like I'm not being validated and I really need my boss to validate me that I can sit down with him and tell him how I feel using good coping mechanisms like dear man. I think if you know anything about DBT, it's called dear man. So the D stands for describing the situation and then the E is explaining your emotions and how you feel. And then the A is asserting yourself and, you know, telling them what you need from them and what you want from them. And then the R is reiterating that. Um, and then the M is, uh, I can't remember it. I can't remember the whole thing. But if you really feel like you need to sit down with your boss and tell them your needs, you totally should. I think that's valid. And um, I hope it goes well for you if you're in that spot. But the first thing I would try, my best advice I can give, is to just be kind to yourself. Um, At least I know that's what would help me because I am so, so, so mean to myself. So I'm really going to try to work on that and I'll get back to you guys next week about how I did. I'm going to try to be nicer to myself. And I think another thing is to just try to romanticize your life. I got this idea from Instagram and I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I've been trying to just romanticize my life as in just love the life I have and just make it romantic. Not in like a sexy way with your partner, but like, I mean that too, but like also just making life more beautiful and just appreciate it for what it is, romanticizing how your life is. And I totally have been trying to do that and it's made working and it's made my everyday life just happier. Like for example, this morning I found $4 bills in my purse and I went to Burger King and I ate French toast sticks at Burger King. I I literally sat in the lobby. I drank orange juice and and I ate French toast sticks. And in my head, I was like, yes, this is my life and I love it. I am living my best life here at Burger King. And by the way, it was the Burger King inside of Walmart. So another, another thing just to make my life all that more romantic. It was honestly a great moment. I was like, you know what? This is me. This is real. This is me. I am exactly where I am supposed to be. That was me this morning. I had breakfast at Burger King and I felt like I was romanticizing my life and it felt amazing. And romanticizing your life means something to something different to everyone. You know what I mean? For girls on Instagram, it's drinking matcha lattes every morning at 5 a.m. Yeah, that's not my my idea of a romantic life. My Burger King French toast sticks will do for me just fine. Um, but that's the best advice I can give. Moving on to the advice from other people. This person said, think of work as contributing to a bigger picture, even if you're happy or not. So really thinking of the bigger picture, like the work that I am doing is really helping this company, but at the same time, screw this company. They don't pay me enough and I hate it. You know what I mean? Moving on. (laughs) 
This person says, work doesn't care. Coworkers show more compassion than any corporate boss of sort. I totally agree with this. I think if you surround yourself with good coworkers that love you and that are kind to you and that appreciate your work, that'll make all the difference. Ignore your boss, okay? Yeah, they can boss you around. They can tell you what to do and, you know, do what they tell you, respect them and have that mutual respect. But I think it's really important to make sure you are interacting with your coworkers, your fellow employees and really making bonds with them so that you can have a more enjoyable work experience. Because in my job at Target, the more I talk to people and have fun with my coworkers, the the better it is for my mental health. Um, and I've literally meditated in the back room with my coworkers before. I've literally made Instagram videos with my coworkers in the grocery back room before. And it's a good time. It's fun. And it makes life seem a lot less horrible and it makes work a lot less miserable. Um, so definitely putting yourself out there and letting your coworkers show the compassion that your corporate bosses can't. Kind of like what this response said. Next person said, having a bad mental health day should be a valid reason to call out of work. 100% agree with this. And the trauma that I had from Safeway um, when I worked at the Safeway grocery store and calling out because of my anxiety and the response that I got from that has kind of made it hard for me to ever take a mental health day since. I have not taken a mental health day at Target since. The only time I've called out is because I was pooping or throwing up um, or in the ER um, or my car broke down. So... I think this is a really good point. I think mental health days should be 100% valid and validated by our companies that we work at. Um, But then again, like, it is a stigma, you know? It's still a stigma. And I hate to say this, but I I think no matter what we do, if we call out for our mental health, we're we're still gonna, you know, get those consequences of calling out which really sucks, but I don't know what to do, you guys. I think we really should just march at the Capitol and try to make them notice that mental health is important and mental health days for calling out of work are valid and important, you know? Let's go march at the Capitol because I don't know what else to do. Um, The next one said, people with authority at work need to take initiative in learning about mental health. 100%. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I think that training videos on how to support someone with a mental illness at work should be 100% required. If all the other trainings are required for shooter attacks and racism and LGBTQ and... um, what else is there? There's so many. Um, and, oh, work harassment and violence or sexual harassment, stuff like that. That's all required. But how come no one is talking about mental health abuse? You know, the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse that we face at work. How come that's not required in our trainings? That to me is not fair and should be illegal. I think every boss and every employee should have a training 
where they learn how to help someone who has bipolar. You know, if they're manic, if they're depressed, some kind of training to help them stay grounded. If someone has anxiety, the boss should be trained to be able to help them calm down. Whether it means calming, like taking them through a breathing exercise or whatever. If someone is struggling with depression, that boss should should come up to them and say, if you need to go home and take a mental health day, you should. But if not, I'm here to help you work. And I'm here to work alongside you and help you get through this. That should be required. No question about it. And the fact that it isn't infuriates me. And here I go. I'm about, I'm about to yell, okay? I'm mad about it. It should be required because everyone struggles with mental health. When are people going to realize that this is a real thing that we struggle with and we have to still show up to work and do our best and no one's talking about the toll that it's taking on our minds? For Pete's sake, like, come on. (sighs) Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Maybe we need to do another meditation before we close. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, to end the podcast for today. Sorry, sorry I got so mad that oh my gosh, I just got really heated. Sorry about that. But to end the meditation for or to end the podcast for today, I will close with my poem, poem as always. I am a poet. If you don't know this about me, I am a professional poet. Period. Um So my poem for today is kind of weird. It's kind of stupid and it kind of is not good at all. Scratch that. I was just really negative. It's a good poem and I'm proud of it kind of and I'm learning how to make better poems. There we go. That's a more positive way to say it. Okay, so here's my poem. It's called, Isn't It Weird? Here we go. Isn't it weird how we go unconscious for several hours at night Isn't it weird how humans are most intelligent, yet birds can take flight? Isn't it weird we work so hard to make a life that just ends? Isn't it weird how most gorgeous humans' smiles are just pretend? Isn't it weird how the friends never stay and the sun never stays up? What's life worth if it makes no sense and soars by too fast? Isn't it weird how there's a million ways to spell a name? Isn't it weird how only a select few of us have imbalances in our brain? Isn't it weird how sometimes it's impossible to focus? Isn't it weird how so many artists go unnoticed? That's my poem. I totally botched it and I mixed up one of the words so it didn't rhyme in one part and so I'm kind of embarrassed, but... That's my poem called Isn't It Weird? It's kind of, you know, quirky, fun, whatever. I don't know what I was going through when I wrote this, but go off, I guess. Um, Anyways, that is the end of today's episode. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. Please share this with a friend or a loved one. Um, And please, please, please leave a rating. Um, Spotify does ratings now for podcasts. So after you finish this episode, go ahead and click on the um, star icon or whatever it looks like and give this a fat five stars, a fat five stars, because I would appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope you all stay well. Love you guys. Bye.